The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. 2017 is going to be a volatile economic year. We may see politicians throughout the world attempting to control central bank policies. Several renowned financial analysts have warned that political interference in central bank policies may mean our economic misses of inflation and growth targets. Gold is an international currency that can't be issued or controlled by governments. If you don't have the only hard currency that has outlasted every politician and every failed idea of governments for centuries, you need to speak to Goldline right now and learn how easy it is to add gold to your portfolio or IRA. Now is the time to diversify your financial portfolio by adding gold. Call 1-800-913-GOLD. Buying real gold is easy and fast at Goldline. And you're going to be happy that you finally made the call. 1-800-913-4653. Goldline also offers price protection against short-term market fluctuations on qualifying purchases. So buy with confidence. Read Goldline's important risk information and find out if buying gold is right for you. Call Goldline. 1-800-913-4653. You're listening to Pure Opelka. This is Pure Opelka. With Mike Opelka. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. Man, oh man, a shevitz. I don't know what to tell you people. I literally have too much show. I have so much show for today. I might have to start talking real fast just to try and get it all in. No, I can't do that. But we do have a lot going on today. We have, of course, uh, Wednesday. It's uh, a Wellness Wednesday. So here on Pure Opelka, we will have Dr. Jorge joining the show. Dr. Jorge, and we were going back and forth about topics last night. I know in the promo it said something about sunscreen. We might have to hold off on sunscreen for just a week. It's important, but uh, there's some other stuff going on, especially with the Tiger Woods story. And, and some sleep issues that we may want to talk about. Some really interesting stuff. Uh, we have to talk about, you know, there's not too much to say about Trump and, and the decision to pull out of the Paris Climate Agreement. That would be another promise fulfilled. And you're going to be able to watch the left eat itself and, and lose its mind over this, which is fun. That's good for me. Uh, we have to wrap up yesterday's Yesterday's vital question, which a lot of you responded to, and I think the interesting thing is just how confused we all are, just how, uh, <laughs> just how split we are on the subject of the filibuster. I asked the question yesterday about the filibuster. Where do we stand on the filibuster? Because Donald Trump wants the Senate to change the rules and push it through and just get to 51 not 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 have to get over the 60 vote threshold. So I asked the question, where are you? Where are you? Where are you on the on the filibuster? And like I said, there's just about an hour left to knock out a vote on this one. Currently, 38 percent of you want it eliminated. Forty three percent say keep it. And almost 20 percent of you don't know. So there you go. It's a really divided issue, and I think one that warrants much discussion with everybody. It's one where I would split with the president on this. I'd absolutely split with him. So, uh, again, you can go to at StuntBrain on Twitter and respond. It's at the very top of my Twitter feed. Place your vote. Cast your vote. Make your opinion known here. The phone lines are open. 888 900 
888-900-3393. We are going to uh, address something I stumbled into yesterday that I didn't realize was becoming a talking point. The Democrats are putting their talking points into the mainstream media on how to uh, diminish Donald Trump. The latest attempt started yesterday with Gloria Borger. And uh, it's, it's leaking over to other parts of the liberal media. I will play examples for you as I caught them happening late last night and early this morning. Uh, we're also going to talk today, the 100th birthday of JFK. Is that what today is? It was either yesterday or today. John Fitzgerald Kennedy, one of, one of the presidents I think actually was a pretty good president. He was the last Democratic president to cut income taxes, the last Democratic president to understand if you give the people their money, if the government doesn't waste it, then guess what? The people are the best stewards of their own money. They are the ones who will spend it wiser than government will. They are the ones who will prioritize how that money is spent, and they will also be the drivers of the economy. JFK, the last guy to figure that out. But there's something happening today. Something happening today in terms of JFK that uh, you may want to be a part of. You may want to be at least aware of it. And we're going to speak in an hour from right now. The producer of a, of a documentary that's airing only tonight. Only tonight. It's one of those event movies that's screened in, in uh, theaters around the country. So uh, we'll talk to the producer. He's, he's fascinating, especially if you know the history of this show and the subject of the JFK assassination. You know I have a friend who's written what I consider to be the definitive book on the JFK assassination. It's called Case Closed. His name is Gerald Posner. We've had Gerald Posner and uh, Roger Stone on this show at the same time talking about the JFK assassination Uh, Quite an entertaining little debate the two had. But this movie, which is only tonight, if you want to research it to see if it's in your area, you you would need to go to uh, IKilledJFK.com. IKilledJFK.com. Interesting that it happens one night and one night only. So uh, we'll talk to the producer, a guy named Barry Katz. Big name in Hollywood, mostly in comedy, which is kind of weird, huh? And we have to deal with the issue of of the um, spike in bombing since Ramadan started. You know, we had the Baghdad attacks a couple days ago where you had uh, more kids killed than you had at the Ariana Grande concert. But the networks didn't stop. And, and dedicate 100% coverage to the Baghdad bombings. We had the, the Kabul car bomb today, which apparently it was either a water truck or it was uh, one report had it listed as a sewage truck that was trying to get close to the embassy zones in, in Kabul. And currently there are, uh, I think it was 80 people dead Hundreds injured, three to four hundred injured, and we are hearing there are at least seven Americans among the injured. So 
Guess what? Nowhere is safe right now. Nowhere is safe in the world, it seems. Uh, We're seeing also a report this morning, just before the show went on the air. Hang on, I got my notes here. A man arrested at Trump Hotel in Washington, D.C. A man arrested at the brand new Trump Hotel in Washington, D.C., reportedly with two guns and 90 rounds of ammunition. Somebody called the police when they overheard him saying he was going to assassinate the president. So uh, very strange times indeed with someone at the Trump Hotel I believe it was a rifle, and he also had a handgun and apparently 90 rounds of ammunition. And if he's talking about it, um, maybe maybe it was um, he was hoping for suicide by cop. We will see. So we've got to deal with all of these stories. Uh, I'm I'm mostly concerned about the situation in, in Kabul where possibly seven Americans, maybe embassy personnel, maybe folks who were contractors who then went to uh, defense contractors who went to work at the embassy. We don't know. By the way, the crater, the crater torn into the earth by the bomb that went off in Kabul today, 20 feet deep and 40 feet wide. You have a giant crater that's 40 feet wide and 20 feet deep. You want to know how big this thing was? This was massive. Absolutely massive. So those are the headline stories. Now, there there are some other issues here. I know you're saying, Mike, you usually give us some stuff to laugh about. Yeah, we, we have some things we need to laugh about. We have some things we need to address. We have some things that we will definitely get to. Uh, but But we also... I wonder if I should start with that one. Maybe the strangest the strangest thing I've, I've seen in quite a long time happened this very morning. There was a question and answer period happening at the State Department. And, you know, the State Department holds press conferences just like everybody else. And um, this was really weird. Uh, this this guy comes out and he is, uh, you know, one of the one of the underlings. He's not the head. He's an acting assistant secretary of state. His name is Stuart Jones. I'm sure he's he's probably been representing the State Department for a long time. And he's up at the podium and someone asks him a question. And it's a question you think he'd be able to answer. It relates to the president's visit Uh, to Saudi Arabia last week and, you know, about human rights and how do we justify, how do we rationalize being so cozy with the Saudis when there are some human rights issues there. I'm paraphrasing the reporter. But you have to listen to how long it takes this guy to get to answering the question once it is asked. It's, It's on video and it's even stranger to watch. But listen to the pause on radio. Well, uh, you were over there. The secretary criticized the conduct of the Iranian elections and Iran's record on democracy. He did so standing next to Saudi officials. How do you characterize Saudi Arabia's commitment to democracy? And does the administration believe that democracy is a buffer or barrier against extremism? Okay, so that's the question. 
the Secretary of State criticized Iran and their human rights and, and how they deal with voting, but he's doing it while he's standing next to a Saudi foreign minister in a nation where human rights and, and equality in terms of selecting leaders isn't exactly uh, top priority, let's say. So here is Stuart Jones, the acting Secretary of State, uh, at the briefing. He's just been asked the question, count how many seconds it takes for him to get to an answer. And remember, he's standing there kind of staring into the abyss. Um, uh, I think what... Okay, so it's almost 19 seconds. It's almost 19 seconds of him standing there silently staring off to the the side of the podium before he starts answering this question. And I'm wondering, does he have an earpiece in? I can't see his right ear. I can see his left ear, and it doesn't appear to have an IFB in there. And I'm wondering if, if possibly this guy has somebody going, listen, this is how you answer this one. Don't screw this up, Stuart. And they just start whispering in his ear. But hear, hear him respond to this, and then... There are additional pauses where I'm wondering, is he getting added input? I think what uh, we'd say is that uh, at this meeting, we were able to uh, make significant progress with Saudi and GCC partners in uh, both making a strong statement against extremism and also um, and also putting uh, in, putting in place certain measures through this GCC mechanism where we can combat extremism. So he's probably a brilliant guy. This, Stuart Jones is probably a brilliant guy, acting assistant secretary of state. But this massive pause when he gets a question, it, it makes me wonder, is someone whispering the answers into his ear? Especially when his, he says, I think what we want to say is, that sounds like someone going, look, Stuart, I think what we want to say here is. And he continues. He, he goes on and there's another pause here that's equally freaky. Clearly, one source of extremism, one sort one uh, terrorism threat is coming from Iran. And that's coming from a, a part of the Iranian apparatus that is not at all responsive to its electorate. I'm telling you, it sounds like either someone's translating in his head or someone's reading him the answers. Am I wrong? And if you know Stuart Jones and he's he's the, the smartest guy in the world, which he kind of looks like he might be a little bit of an egghead. He might be a, 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 a policy wonk from inside the State Department. But if you're going to put him out there in front of everybody, you can't have a guy that's going to stand still just not even moving for 20 seconds and not say anything. It's, it's, it's freaky. Maybe he's got the big finish here. So he answers the question, stands still. As he finishes his answer, he stands again, absolutely still. And then finally looks off to the side where someone has basically said, okay, you can go now. Here's the end. I'll, I'll tell you when he turns his head. Responsive to its electorate. One, two, three, 
four, five. Okay. He turns his head and says, okay, thank you. It's the strangest thing I've ever seen at a briefing. Now, maybe you've seen something different. Maybe there, there have been different briefings, but uh, this one was a weird one. I'll, I'll see if I can tweet out the video on this. It's just so bizarre. I know. I got to take a break. I got to take a break. When we get back, uh, we'll update on some of the current news and uh, we'll prepare because we do have Dr. Jorge joining us in about 15 minutes. This is Pure Opelka. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-803-6951. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Yeah, yeah, I know. I haven't mentioned Kofifi or Kofefe. Yeah, well, there's plenty of time to get into that. I need to get to something more important, something more vital to you and to me. And I'm talking about all natural relief factor, the anti-inflammatory that changed my life. I'm now entering three months without picking up any kind of painkiller, over-the-counter prescription, whatever. I don't use it because I ordered the three-week quick start pack from Relief Factor for 1995. I called 800-500-8384. You know who else did? Uh, a, a guy named Stephen who had horrible back issues, and he heard us talking about it, and it worked for him. He told us about it. And within t- 10 days to two weeks, I noticed a significant uh, decrease in the amount of pain I felt to where I completely was able to stop taking the hydrocodone. I'm able to cut, practice soccer with my kids and I have young kids. So it's given me uh, a large part of my um, physical uh, life back. Kind of interesting, huh? You get your physical life back. It happened for Stephen. It happened for me. Call Relief Factor, 800-500-8384. Go to relieffactor.com and check out the information. It worked for me, and it worked quickly. Relief factor. Go there. Uh, so we, we do have Dr. Jorge around the corner, and we're going to talk about a couple of uh, fascinating things in terms of health because we try to once a week give you a little bit of, uh, a little bit of information outside of the politics. I know, Mike, we do a lot of crazy things outside of the politics. But Dr. Jorge will join us um, And then again, at the top of the next hour, we will discuss with the producer of this new film, I Killed JFK. It's it's only here one day, and that day is today. I'm going tonight. I wish you were in the Delaware area. I bought a couple extra tickets. I, I wish I could have you all come sit with me, and then we could have a panel discussion afterwards. Unfortunately, that's not happening. Or maybe fortunately, that's not happening. All right, so... Still to come. 
Uh, there's new Maxine Waters audio, of course. It's, it's wonderful. It's fabulous. Uh, I do have to show you the talking point story I was going to share with you because it's out there. Um, Brian Williams is involved. Gloria Borger is involved. Uh, former Ambassador Wendy Sherman is involved. It's, uh, it's a big deal. It's a very big deal. So you have to stick around. And uh, there, there's some new, um, new comments from uh, Lindsey Graham that I find very, very heartening. Lindsey Graham has been pretty upfront. He doesn't hold back when he disagrees with the president. And he's also quite vocal when he agrees with the president. That's what I call an honest politician. Oh, and there's fallout from the story we hit as we were leaving the air yesterday. The Kathy Griffin story. We'll get to that, too. There's so much happening today. So take a break and come on back. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. While we await Dr. Jorge, um, and he should be here any second now, you got about 30 minutes left to participate in yesterday's vital question before we get to today's vital question. And uh, it, it may not have anything to do with Kofefe. Uh, although, I have to tell you, Al Franken actually said something today on CNN that I, I laughed at, which is is rare because I don't find Al Franken funny. I find him to be mean most of the times. And uh, this, this time, he actually, he actually seemed to be genuinely funny and uh, a, a little bit understanding. How does that happen? Here's the short clip. Kafefe uh, is a Yiddish term for I got to go to bed now. <laughs> <laughs> I think it sounds like that's totally plausible. Yeah, I mean, he got that from, you know, from Jared. <laughs> well, first, do you think that there's any? It, first of all, it's interesting that nobody finds it as funny as Al Franken. He does. He does laugh at his own jokes, which is a good indication of him trying to tell us as an audience where the funny is supposed to be. And I like that he tied it into Jared Kushner and the Yiddish phrase, which I thought was pretty good. And I believe Donald Trump was probably tired after midnight last night and he was going to send a tweet and he fell asleep and hit hit publish and it and it went and bingo, bango, bongo. The world had six hours of fun overnight, which which I thought was absolutely fine. Uh, but uh, he continued uh, with just a couple more seconds on this kofefe relevant about the fact that the president sent out a gibberish tweet at midnight last night? No, I think I, I, I've done, I, I haven't done gibberish tweets, but I, I, at late at night, you can make errors. And I think this is, 
the least disturbing thing in the history of the Trump administration. You know, that's kind of kind of fair from Al Franken. This is the least disturbing thing in the history of the Trump administration. To him, that's probably true. To Al Franken, the guy who generally does not understand or appreciate other people, that's probably true. Do we have Dr. Jorge on the line? Can somebody wave a flag in Dallas and let me know? Hello, Dallas, are you? He's not answering. Well, that's not a good sign. Okay, I, I can shift. I can I can shift my uh, my plans and see if we can uh, get into another segment here because I certainly do have plenty to get to, as we were talking about uh, both Kathy Griffin and and Kofefe. First of all, it's Kofefe, not Kofifi. If it was Kofifi, it would be F I F I, not F E F E, which that's the story. It's it's Kofefe. Not Kofifi. So uh, hang on one second. Let me see if I can send Dr. Jorge a quick message. Let's see if he can call us if if we're having trouble with his phones. Uh, let me see. There, we sent him the hotline. So you guys in Dallas, please keep an eye out for Dr. Jorge. Now, yesterday, yesterday before the show started, I was watching... CNN, as we try and keep track of everything, and Gloria Borger said something yesterday that stuck in my ear. And it wasn't just that she was going after the president and she was belittling the president. Uh, she was using all kinds of rumors, saying good friends of his were, were telling her that the president was withdrawing and he was glum. Again, good friends of the president will not run to the press to tell them something negative about the president. That's not a good friend. That's a weasel. And so I discount the information. But at the end of it, she said something that I think was even more, more crude or more rude in terms of how she was depicting the president and his people. And that's when she made the remark about chess, not checkers. Before he left for the trip, I was told uh, by a source close to him that he was in a pretty glum mood. That was before the trip. Uh, he came back and he felt that it was a successful trip, but he comes back to this Russia investigation going at mock speed now with his son-in-law, now part of a counterintelligence investigation. And I was told by more than one friend of his that he not only is glum, but he seems to be withdrawing and that that's not a really good place for Donald Trump to be, that he has less and less faith in people uh, who work for him. And uh, his outside friends are more and more critical, I think, of the staff inside the White House, as could be expected. And one of them said to me, you know, these guys don't play chess, they play checkers. Now, that's, that statement is meant to see the Trump people and the president as not smart, as simpletons, basically. They're not clever enough to play checker to play chess they play checkers she continued the same narrative later last night on cnn here it is again appearing means that they're unable to see around corn here she is I had one a friend of his say to me in in complaining about the people at the white house and to a certain degree about trump himself he said look these people don't play chess they play checkers 
which means that they're unable to see around corners. And what he needs to surround himself with are people who are not political neophytes. Don't forget, Donald Trump has never been in political office before. Mm -hmm. Lots of the people who work for him have never been in the White House. Donald Trump wants to be his own chief of staff. Well, every president wants to be his own chief of staff, and he wants to delegate his wishes to a guy who's going to get it done, the enforcer, the guy who makes stuff happen. So, Gloria, you missed it on this one. And you notice she added her attachment of the president to this discussion. She put the president in with the people that she was saying are not capable of playing checker, chess. They play checkers instead. Well, that started to stick in my head. And so when I'm doing my monitoring of the media late last night and early this morning, over on MSNBC, I heard that same story, that same phrasing come up. And I thought, uh-oh, this is a Democrat talking point to diminish the president, to make him sound like he's not smart. And former Ambassador Wendy Sherman, who has worked on the Democratic side of things, on the most extreme portions and parts of the Democratic side of the political spectrum for years, for decades, was on uh, MSNBC with Lawrence O'Donnell when she brought up the very same analogy. Yes, I think, Lawrence, many people have said, and I think it's a great line, that President Trump plays checkers while all of these other leaders are playing chess. They see all of the moves on the chessboard, and they know that this is not a one-dimensional transactional time of life where you just sort of say, if you give me this, I'll give you that. It really is an understanding of history. It's an understanding of all of the ties of history. So there it is. And it came up again with Brian Williams in the 11 o'clock hour. Uh, it looks like we have Dr. Jorge. Is that a thumbs up from Dallas? It is. Um, I, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a, a quick break and come back and do the, the full segment with Dr. Jorge because we're just about out of this block. So when we get back, we'll talk Alzheimer's. We'll talk sleep. We might even talk Ambien and maybe Tiger Woods. That's just around the corner on Pure Opelka. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka. On the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. I'm, I'm on my second cup of Cafefe this morning, and uh, so is Dr. Jorge, who, who, how dare he be actually helping a patient when we wanted to talk to him on the phone? How dare he be actually living up to his Hippocratic oath and helping cure people? Hello, my friend. How are you? I'm, I'm well, Mike. How are you? Thanks for putting that in perspective. I well, you know, it. and I'm also, yeah, I'm also on my second cup of whatever you're drinking, cafe fay. Um, you know, um, like I said, we Cuban Americans, I mean, we drink a lot of coffee. I think my mother's milk had caffeine in it, actually. Um, I'm That's not sure. <laughs> 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 no, I, you're, you're very rarely going to hear me say, I wish I were living in California. But last night, when the cafe fay tweet went out from Donald Trump at, 
at midnight, six minutes after midnight, I was wishing I was in the West Coast time zone because that three hours of fun that you guys had with that weird tweet was just classic. I, you know I had. I, uh, go ahead. You know, tell me about it because I missed it. I haven't even checked the news yet this morning. I've been so, so busy. What, what happened? What did he do? Six minutes after midnight, he was tweeting from his personal account, the real Donald Trump, and he was about to tweet something that looked like it was going to say something about the press and the press coverage. And it says, like, despite the press, Kofefe, C-O-V-F-E-F-E. And then it stopped, but the tweet went out. And then there was nothing, doctor, from, from six minutes after midnight until just after six o'clock East Coast time this morning when the tweet was deleted. And this mm. is his account. And then it went, he responded, he said, what could Kofefe mean? And, and then he wrote, enjoy. So I give him credit for oh. learning the self-deprecating thing and poking fun yeah. at, at, at his own self. Yeah. And I think he was just all alone in the White House, and he was probably tweeting, and he's 70 years old, back from a nine-day international trip. He's probably a little wiped out, a little jet-lagged, and he just went... And I, hit. That's, what, that's what I would think, yeah. That he was in the middle of writing something, and yeah. who knows, maybe on Ambien, maybe not. Uh, but you know what? Yeah, I'm in the middle of it, just fell asleep. And maybe he was trying to put cover up or, you know, whatever. But yeah, it happens. That's kind of scary, though, that in the middle well, of something, you fall asleep. <laughs> it's, but, but at least he was at home. He was not like Tiger Woods and driving around and that, you know, yeah. that sleep. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I have friends who have said that they, they take Ambien or a sleeping pill like that. And they will wake up uh, the next morning and go downstairs and find that they have have been sleep eating, and doing yeah. stuff like that. That scares yeah. me. When I when when I was, I mean, I, I used to take Ambien on occasion because that was probably the only uh, sleeping pill out there. Especially when I'd go on international trips, I would probably get into the plane and you know take one as soon as I got there so that I could get rested. In my opinion, it really is a nasty drug. Uh, it does cause a lot of um, insomnia and also you know you just don't remember what the heck you did and it hits you very quickly and the issue also with ambient is that the more you take it the less REM sleep you get you actually end up having to take more because you sleep less and less and there are lots of studies that show that people definitely have amnesia with it they sleepwalk they sleep eat um uh, you know what's bizarre? There, there were some and talk about Tiger Woods, but way back when he had his scandal um, in 2000, whatever, 12 or 13, you know, that uh, with with his ex-wife, uh, there were reports, you know, from various sources that says that he used to take Ambien uh, before having, um, you know, sex. It was some sort of, you know, higher aphrodisiac. I don't know if that's true or not, but I can definitely see that if you're taking it, you could go almost unconscious um, within a couple of seconds without That's even, crazy. even knowing it. It is crazy. I think it's very That's crazy. It's very dangerous. Mm -hmm. Wow. Well, I've, I've got, so, um, I've got a hard break at the end of the hour here. That's in the like two minutes and change left. Okay. You okay. wanted to, you wanted to alert to Alzheimer's and the increase yeah. in Alzheimer's. What's yeah. going on and what can we do or what should we be doing? 
Well, what we need to do is be aware. There's, there's been almost a 55, 55% increase in Alzheimer's in the last 10 years in the United States, 10 to 15 years it's been reported. Now, one of the causes could be, and probably is that a lot of us baby boomers are just living longer. We're living longer. And, you know, the, the brain is, is, is sort of a finite instrument, and part of it will start to deteriorate with time. Um, another thing could be that we're just taking a lot more of the things that cause Alzheimer's. I mean, some people think that it's aluminum that you find in deodorants, uh, preservatives. So what I think people need to do is be a lot more aware. And actually, there needs to be some planning because people need to be taken care of as they get older. So, you know, who's going to take care of us? Is it going to be our children? Are we going to have some sort of uh, plan to be in a nursing home, and this is things we don't like to talk about, but it's the reality. But in the meantime, we need to be aware of what the signs are. So if oh, under the age of 60 or 65, you start becoming very forgetful, you don't recognize people, that's a sign of Alzheimer's. Uh, oh. They say, yeah, I know, I don't know where my keys are. Um, you know, there's an old joke about the doctor that, uh, you know, can't uh, find the thermometer. But anyway, I'll tell you, I'll tell you <laughs> I know that joke. <laughs> it's yeah, a family show. Anyway, Thank you. <laughs> exactly. Family show. Uh, but the thing is, one thing that they say helps us with Alzheimer's is to keep your mind um, almost exercised. Do mental gymnastics, jigsaw puzzle, crossword puzzles. Try to learn a new language. Uh, learn something. Keep your mind active. That seems to help quite a bit in slowing down the possibility of long-term Alzheimer's. So we will we will get doc. We'll have to get to this. I want to stay up on this. This is a big topic. Uh, And I also want to talk sleep, but I'm up against the hard break. His name is Dr. Jorge. Find him at drjorge.com and keep it real. Keep yourself healthy. We're going to talk about who killed JFK, the new documentary on tonight. We'll talk to the producer next on Pure Opelka. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Uh, at theblaze.com. This is the Blaze Radio Network at theblaze.com slash radio. President Trump says he'll announce his decision on the Paris climate change deal in the coming days. He tweeted this morning as news reports surfaced he's decided to pull the U.S. out of the landmark accord intended to reduce greenhouse gas emissions. The Paris Agreement was signed by nearly 200 nations in late 2015 and went into effect last November. A Pennsylvania man is under arrest for carrying an assault rifle and a handgun at Washington, D.C.'s Trump International Hotel. D.C. police arrested Brian Moles of Pennsylvania around 2 o'clock this morning. Authorities say they found two firearms in his car. An AR-15 assault rifle was reportedly sitting in plain sight while a handgun was in the glove compartment along with 90 rounds of ammunition. The 43-year-old man has been charged with carrying a pistol without a license. That's... This is Pure Opelka. With Mike Opelka. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. Hello, friends. Third hour, Pure Opelka. K 
kicking off right now on the Blaze Radio Network. And I, I appreciate you for being here. So many of you have checked in, and uh, you're very active on the Twitter. A few of you active through Facebook messages. I don't, I don't get as much uh, traffic during the show on the Facebook because it's noisy. And it pops up on my computer and goes, ding, bing, bing. So I don't respond all the time to the Facebook messages because I have it kind of turned off. If you want to be a part of the show, obviously, you can, you can connect on Twitter at StuntBrain. You can also uh, dial in, 888 we'll, we'll talk about anything. Uh, there are um, many bits of breaking news that are out there that we should be addressing. I did a quick check to see if um, my, my feeling was wrong. Uh, the breaking news that CNN has severed its ties with Kathy Griffin did indeed get a few mentions instantly uh, last hour on the Fox News channel and absolutely zero mentions on CNN. CNN hasn't talked about it for two hours now. CNN is completely devoid of Kathy Griffin references for the last two hours, although they talked about it this morning and Al Franken was even on the network this very morning talking about uh, Kathy Griffin. Why? Because he's going to be appearing with Kathy Griffin publicly very soon, July 7th in Beverly Hills. And you would think that would be friendly territory, but you never know. I wonder, I wonder if they're going to get uh, poster bombed by some of the street artists who out in California have been mocking liberals like Maxine Waters, and remember when Obama got mocked at fundraisers with the posters on the bus boards and the bus benches nearby. But this uh, July 7th event in Beverly Hills is uh, supposed to feature Franken and Kathy Griffin. Will he drop out? Here's what happened on CNN this morning. At least here's what I thought happened on CNN this morning. The Internet's is misbehaving today. Uh, they were Kathy asking. Griffin. Here you go. Um, she found the third rail of comedy, uh, or at least a political stunt, I guess, since it wasn't funny. And it, she was roundly denounced for um, doing... Yeah, properly so. Yeah, properly so. So everybody thinks that she went too far. Even I, she I thinks, did, too. I, uh, I, I really think saying, I, you know, I... Kathy's a, a friend and she's a terrific comedian, but what this had no business being in our public discourse. And I talked to her. She had apologized, a real fulsome apology. She's uh, actually begged for forgiveness, and I believe in forgiveness. You're supposed to be appearing with her in July. Can she recover from this? Well, I think she did the right thing. I think I, I think asking for forgiveness and acknowledging that this was, this was a, a horrible mistake, and so I, I think she can. And you're still going to appear with her? Yes. Senator Al Franken, thanks so, so much for sharing the book. Al Franken will appear with Kathy Griffin, despite the fact that CNN has decided to sever ties with her. Al Franken will be there. He was asked not so much about. 
the appearance with Kathy Griffin, but he was then spirited over from CNN to MSNBC where he sat down with Andrea Mitchell and they were talking about his book. But of course, the Kathy Griffin topic came up as well and uh, they had to get into it a little bit. But no discussion, no discussion of the uh, of the actual apology. No, well, no discussion of the appearance between the two. But Franken, who is apparently a, a pretty good friend of Kathy Griffin, was talking with Andrea Mitchell ab- about the subject. Are there moorings as to what is appropriate? You know, I know Kathy. I condemned this. Uh, I talked to her, and uh, she did make a very heartfelt, fulsome apology. I think she was thinking she was making some artistic statement, but that image has no place in our our uh, our political dialogue. What did you say to her? I said that uh, that we we can't be showing images of a president who has been uh, decapitated. I mean, did anybody find it weird that he laughed when he was discussing the image? Did anybody think that was just a little a little strange? So here's Al Franken. He's playing all high and mighty. He's he's basically saying that the left is policing itself. He's talking about telling Kathy Griffin that those images have no place in our political discourse. And I don't think he believes it. Why else would you laugh when you're discussing the image? Uh, here it is again. Place in our our uh, our political dialogue. What did you say to her? I said that uh, that we we can't be showing images of a president who has been uh, decapitated. I mean that. Yeah, he's laughing. That's Al Franken laughing. That's what he's really thinking about. He's still going to appear with her. He's laughing when he brings up the actual photo. And he's saying, I told her, don't you ever do that again. Seriously, Al Franken. Seriously, you are, you are transparent, sir. We see right through you. Absolutely right through you. I don't I don't understand how people like this keep keep getting elected and, and getting away with things. And, you know, Al Franken is a guy that they're actually talking about. They the Democrats of being a 2020 candidate of being a guy who possibly could be the one at the top of the ticket. Can you imagine that? Can you even fathom that reality? Al Franken, the guy who was a goofball on SNL. Can you imagine him being in the White House? Well, there's some people on the left who'd say, well, we have a reality TV star in there right now. Why not have an SNL comic? Well, you know, it's a little difference between a billionaire whose first career was making buildings and making millions and billions and then ended up as a reality TV star. He didn't start out to be a television star. He did not start out to be an entertainer. He started out as a businessman, and then it got different. So uh, I kind of frightened for the Democrats at this point, kind of concerned for the Democrats that, uh, that this might be their choice. 
What are the other choices? Uh, there was some talk earlier in the week that Hillary Clinton was actually eyeing 2020. She'll be 73. She will be 73 years old. And there is a photo of Bill and Hillary watching a Memorial Day parade from the past weekend. And if they don't look like two people who are, well, Bill looks close to death. This looks like very, very bad times ahead for these two. So I don't know what the Democrats are going to do. They certainly, if, if they choose Al Franken, you got a guy who's been a, a smart ass, a guy who has called Ted Cruz horrible things, and a guy who started out on SNL. And, and who else is there? You're going to go with the shirtless Martin O'Malley? Is Bernie going to be vital at 70? What will he be, 77? What about Joe Biden? He'll be in 77 or 78-year range, too. What about Elizabeth Warren? Won't she be just about 70 at that time? Now, some have said the Castro brothers are out there waiting. I, I just don't know where the next round of young Democrats are. You don't have Pelosi. You don't. None of these people who are the, the, the loudest voices within the Democratic Party are, in my opinion, young enough to handle the White House. I think there's big, big trouble brewing ahead. If you go back and you look at what the GOP went through last year, just the, the youth movement with Rand Paul and Marco Rubio and Ted Cruz and guys like Tim Scott and Trey Gowdy, you have a whole host of people who are so much younger than the leaders in the Democratic Party. It's, uh, it bodes well for conservatives if they can hang on to the, the power that they have and move forward with an agenda that they know people actually support. But you have to get something done. You can't be mired in nothing and all the obstructionism that's going on now. You know what? We got to talk about some fun stuff. I have to either get to the weird news of the day or we need to get to Maxine Waters because there's comedy in those waters, the Maxine Waters. So I'm going to step aside. When we come back, we'll talk Maxine Waters. Uh, we'll, we also have to get the update on what Sean Spicer's doing because today's press briefing is going to be very different. And uh, Sean Spicer might be giving us an indication as to what's coming down the pike. We hear there is a White House shakeup happening. Will it be started today? Maybe this is part of the beginning of the White House shakeup. As Sean Spicer holds what's being called an unusual audio-only press briefing. No cameras allowed. I'll get you details next on Pure Opelka. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. 
To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-803-6951. You know, I think I know why Sean Spicer is not holding an on-camera press conference today. I, I think it has something to do with Twitter. I believe it has something to do with President Trump and a certain tweet that went out at 12.06 this morning a tweet that was heard around the world, the tweet that you've all heard quoted today, the Kofefe tweet, that the president actually had a a very kind of funny statement he made. And, you know, Sean Spicer going out there, no matter what he wants to talk about, no matter what global strangeness is happening, the questions are going, going to be about the tweets. And Sean Spicer's already had to face that reality. I think the president's tweet speaks very clearly for itself. His tweets do speak for themselves. The president was very clear, and I think there's continuing to be a a very, very literal interpretation of his tweet. I think the president's tweets stand for themselves. I I think the president's tweets speak for themselves. I think the tweet speaks for itself. I don't think sometimes you don't have to read too much into it. He's simply stated a fact. The tweet speaks for itself. Uh, I'm moving on. I think what I just said speaks for itself. Yeah, it speaks for itself. So I, I think Sean Spicer didn't want to have to deal with the Kofefe, Kofefe tweets. And everybody I know in the world of comedy had a great time with it. It's one of the fun moments, but I don't think they want to continue with the Kofefe discussion. I think the president, the president actually did the most to diffuse it this morning when he said, let's. Let's define it. What could it mean? Enjoy. Good for you, Mr. President. Uh, Spicer would be better off getting questions that he could answer about things like the FBI position. And where are we going with this? The president will be meeting with two additional candidates this afternoon, both uh, Chris Ray and John Pistol. Um, when the president uh, feels as though he's met with the right candidate, he'll let us know. So I guess the president has not met with the right candidate yet. And uh, hopefully we will get an FBI director because I think it's kind of important we get an FBI director. The the uh, Democrats have been suspiciously quiet on this subject. Have you noticed that? Did anyone else pick up on the fact that the the Democrats, Chucky Schumer and crew have been very quiet on the FBI director selection? We believe we were going to get an FBI director and then the Democrats were going to say, We're not letting you have an FBI director. We're not going to approve anyone until we get this information, whether it is a a guarantee of an outside investigation of the allegations about Russia and the collusion, or could Schumer want to tie it to tax returns? I ultimately think that's where they're going on all of this. Tax returns, tax returns, tax returns. It's it's their target of all time. That's the big target that the Democrats want. And speaking of putting targets on people, our buddy Maxine Waters has been just a soundbite machine of late. Here she was two days ago. 
I believe that this man has done enough for us to determine that we can connect the dots, that we can get the facts that will lead to impeachment. I believe there was collusion. I think we have enough information about the meetings, about the lying about those meetings to help us to understand that something was going on. There was interaction there. And certainly, I believe it was collusion. But if they just do their work and do their job, they will find out it was collusion and i believe this president should be impeached so first of all um there was communication i guess that means there's something wrong despite the fact that every president every transition team has had communication with the russians this lady is nuts and if you want proof of it you want absolute positive proof that maxine waters is bat crap crazy you only have to listen to the engagement she had with someone in her district, the engagement she had with a person who basically is her boss, even though we all kick in a little bit to pay Maxine Waters' salary. This, this will make you mad. If you need to be mad today, listen to this voter talking to Maxine Waters. So tell me what you want to talk about. Well, I just want to talk about your representation in Washington regarding yes. our president as well. Too. I can't stand him. I am. He's the most horrible man I've ever seen. I, in my I life. love my president very much. I'm glad you do. Your position, my position as well. I'm glad but you I do. also want to know why you aren't representing me in Washington by opposing my president. Your president is a dishonorable, lying man. So first of all, she said your president. He's our president, Auntie Mox. He's our president, Auntie Max. You call him a dishonorable, lying man. Let's let Maxine continue. Mocked a journalist. I've never seen a grown man do that. He talked about grabbing women by the private parts. He lies every day. He's in bed with Putin and the Russians about oil. And everybody around him are allies with the Kremlin and with the oligarchs of Russia. They're going to take us down. You mentioned comments about him being a liar. He is and, a liar. And grabbing a woman's That's which right. I don't think he ever did. Um, he said I, it. I go back to... What, what grown man talks like that? I go back to President Clinton. I don't care about Clinton. Well, Aha, there it is. One guy actually convicted of taking an intern and taking advantage of her. And the other guy, locker room talk. But she doesn't care about the guy who did it. She only cares the guy, about the guy who talks about it. I care about this. Listen, I'm going to work every day until I get him impeached. I'm going to work every day to make sure that he isn't and that you're impeached. But that's okay. Thank you so much. Excuse me. You can't impeach a member of Congress. Thank you so much. You cannot impeach a woman of Congress. For not representing me in office. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. I love the way Maxine Waters gets all upset when this woman says, I'm going to work every day to make sure you're impeached, even though there is no impeachment process. What we do with Congress people is we vote them out of office. But excuse me, excuse me, you can't impeach a woman of Congress. You can't impeach a congressperson. Maxine Waters, I just want to live to see the 2018 election day and the day that you are no longer in office. And we get somebody, somebody with real principles, and someone who actually believes in the mission and the statement made by the founders about America. We're going to talk about America. We'll do a little history when we get back. This is Pure Opelka.
You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Opelka with Mike Opelka. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. We are uh, keeping an eye on things. There, there has been a a running line on on all the news channels today, and it's all over Twitter. And I'm sure it's it's everywhere that Donald Trump intends to pull out of the Paris Climate Accord. Uh, th- that's obviously going to happen. I'm betting it's going to happen closer to the end of the week so that there will be not a lot of uh, questions at a press briefing. And there are people on both sides of this saying that the other side is completely wrong. I am a person who uh, understands what the, the the whole mission of the climate change people is. And it's nothing to do with the climate. It's everything to do with redistribution of wealth. It's everything to do with taking money out of a capitalist system and then giving it out to people all over the world. So while, while this is uh, going to be big news for the rest of the week, I will be very, very happy if the president lives up to this, this promise of his this is one of those uh, the big deals that I think the people who voted for Trump, one of the issues that they voted on pretty much was was getting us out of these global climate deals that don't really make any sense. Nobody wants to pollute the planet. And and if they would look at the the reality behind these deals, they would understand. All right. A couple more issues to get to today. Uh, I want to get to. Uh, the the fascinating op-ed from H.R. McMaster and Gary Cohn in today's Wall Street Journal. Two guys in the president's cabinet stood up today with an op-ed that's titled America First Doesn't Mean America Alone. And, and we'll dive into that. But I promised you some history because this show loves history. This show and the people who are a part of it are always looking at history and seeing what we can pick up from history, what we can remember, what we can share. And there are a couple of really important pieces of history that happened on this day back in the day. And I think my favorite, my favorite has to be that on this day in 1790, the first U.S. copyright law was actually enacted and it protected books and maps, and original materials. And I, I don't think we exist as the global power that we are without that 1790 U.S. copyright law. I seriously don't think we are the great nation we have become without it because it protected, it protected people like you and I and people who wanted to use their brains to create something. And from that something came wealth. From that something came entire businesses. If you think about it, you, you could write a book. And prior to 1790, somebody could take your book and print it and sell it. But because of the copyright laws, that book, that pamphlet, that, 
that map would then have to be something that you would you would license and be able to be paid for. If you think about the the things that copyrights protect and how we have been able to then have uh, copyrights and then patents and inventions and intellectual property have made America just an amazing economic powerhouse. Without patents and copyrights, we aren't anything. We are, we are absolutely not the nation that we have become. And as someone who has written things and seen the things he's written, produced, and gotten those tiny little royalty checks every now and then when a play gets put on somewhere in Keokuk, Iowa, uh, th- that that makes me understand what this what this nation truly is about, and what the what the founders and the early citizens and the early legislators came up with to protect what's in your mind. Can you imagine? Can you imagine if what was in your mind was the property of everyone? We wouldn't have half of the incentive for people to create that we have today. That it just wouldn't exist. There'd be no, no impetus to be the inventor, to be the writer, to be, to be the songwriter, the musician, anything. And so on this day, 1790, May 31st in 1790, the very first copyright law was enacted. A couple of other weird things that happened on this day back in the day. Uh, 1911, 1911, which is a, a great firearm, uh, the hull of the Titanic was launched in Belfast, Ireland, and at the ceremony, uh, the White Star Company, that's, that's the uh, ship company that, uh, that, that built the Titanic and operated the Titanic. One of the people from the White Star Line looked at it and saw this massive ship being put out to sea in its first test and remarked, perhaps jinxing it forever, not even God himself could sink this ship. <laughs> Thanks very much for that one. We know how that ended up. Uh, on this day in uh, 1961, South Africa became an independent republic. Those of you who follow the, the, the evolution of South Africa, and I don't think South Africa truly became an independent republic until Nelson Mandela was elected president, until Mandela and F.W. de Klerk shared the, uh, the prize for keeping that nation together as Mandela was freed and then subsequently elected president of South Africa. He could have turned that nation upside down, but Nelson Mandela chose to really, really find South Africa's true mission. Uh, so it started in 61, but it didn't happen for quite some time afterwards. But w- what an amazing story. Um, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of history. And I think it's, it's good for all of us to keep an eye on, on what happens on this day back in the day. And that's why I, I do go back to it all the time. All the time, every single day. We talk about weird stuff that happened in history around the office. Uh, 1859, if you've ever been to London... This was the day Big Ben, the giant clock, the clock tower uh, that rings out over the Houses of Parliament in Westminster. This was the first day it was in operation. 
this this followed a, a giant fire that destroyed much of the palace at Westminster, which was the headquarters of the parliament back in 1834. And uh, the design when they were building the new palace was this giant clock. And, and the royal astronomer, Sir George Airy, wanted the clock to have pinpoint accuracy, including twice a day checks with the Royal Greenwich Observatory. So they thought this was an impossible goal. How could you have pinpoint accuracy? Well, yeah, it was the 1850s by the time they finally got the clock finished. And on uh, this date, the 31st of May in 1859, you started hearing the clock ringing out over London. So uh, it's, it's there. If you've ever been to London, it's, it is pretty impressive. And thankfully, it's still there, despite the fact that uh, there have been some attempts to take it out, some, some efforts... Uh, to uh, during the Second World War to try and bomb the House of Commons, so no, it's still there, and um, you you can you can the bridge. Remember the bridge where the attack happened, uh, just a, a little bit ago in London. That bridge, it's like the photo bombing bridge with the Tower of London and Big Ben in in the background, so you can see it. I'm taking a break. When we come back. I want to talk about this uh, op-ed from McMaster and Gary Cohn, and uh, we'll wrap up this week's show on Pure Opelka. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka. Part of the next generation of talk radio on the Blaze Radio Network. You know, I mentioned it briefly yesterday, but I played a lot of golf over the Memorial Day weekend. And usually a couple days after you do something uh, that's physical, you, you find the pain is coming out. And you know what? I'm not finding that pain. Why? Because about... About 12 weeks ago, I started taking all-natural relief factor. It's an anti-inflammatory that has changed the way I look at my day. I can do more. I'm out in the garden. I'm playing golf. I'm walking more. I don't have the pain. I don't take any painkillers, nothing over-the-counter, nothing prescription. It has been 11 weeks since I've opened up one of those little jars and taken out those green gel tabs. They just, they're not needed because I started taking the three-week quick start pack from Relief Factor. It's 1995. I saw results starting on the eighth day. And I think a lot of people are seeing the same thing. You have to check it out. 800-500-8384. 800-500-8384. You can go online and see some of the information there as well. It's Relief Factor. Get your life back. Get rid of the pain. It's all natural, and it's working for me. So many of you are saying it's working for you, too. Relief factor. Uh, Before we get out of here, something strange going on in D.C. Uh, Sean Spicer briefing the press, but it's not on TV. It's just audio only. It's like tuning into a radio broadcast. It's very weird after the precedent we've had with this White House, with these daily press briefings. And they're calling this a gaggles because I guess they're not allowing everybody in the room.
it's it's just really strange, especially on the heels of what we've been told this week, is to be on the lookout for a, a shakeup in the White House. Uh, my money's on a removal of Reince Priebus and maybe replacing Priebus with another one of the president's advisors like Gary Cohn, a guy who's advised him on the economy and a guy who is apparently very loyal to the president. He's one of the president's guys. And Priebus was there, but uh, maybe not as long as Cohn's been around. And Donald Trump likes to have an inner circle that's been with him for a while. I still wonder what's happening with Steve Bannon. We haven't seen Bannon in a very long time. So keep your eyes on that. Uh, this this op-ed that is in today's Wall Street Journal, if you are so inclined, it's worth it for you to pick up. And this comes on the heels of all of the stink that was made in the liberal media over the past couple of days, claiming that Germany and France were saying, they couldn't trust us anymore. They couldn't trust America. When, in fact, they weren't saying that at all. Uh, you heard us played yesterday with Angela Merkel saying, basically, it's time for Europe to stand on its own two feet. And instead of applauding that, our press started boo-hooing. Oh, no, America can't be trusted. Britain wants to stand on its own two feet and be independent. Where the hell is the spirit of 1776 when we as a nation wanted to be independent? And that was the greatest thing ever. But no, we, we have to find the, the uh, dark cloud inside every silver lining or outside of every silver lining. But this America first doesn't mean America alone is a great piece of writing from H.R. McMaster and Gary Cohn. They talk about the trip the president made, and they do state right off the bat, America first does not mean America alone. It is a commitment to protecting and advancing our vital interests while also fostering cooperation and strengthening relationships with our allies and partners. What more do you need to know? What more do you need to know? It's, it's, it's peace through strength as I see it. They go on to talk about asking a lot of our allies and partners, but in return, the U.S. will once again be a true friend. And I think that's a pretty damn accurate statement. I think a lot of our allies weren't always sure which direction the Obama administration would go. But I don't think there's any gray areas with Donald Trump. I don't think there's any, uh, anything hidden with this guy. We're talking about American prosperity. We're talking about smart deals with other countries. We're talking about strong alliances and economically thriving partners that are a, a vital, vital interest for America. We, we see in this, in this op-ed that they review the trip and they talk about how we as America engage with the world, not to impose our way of life, but to, quote, secure the blessings of liberty for ourselves and our posterity. Yeah. Oh, there's, there's those founding fathers' thoughts appearing again in, in statements out of the White House. That makes me feel good. They go on to say that means identifying the interests and principles that make America uncommon and advancing them in the Middle East and with our NATO allies with the G7 nations and beyond. I, I think this is great. H.R. McMaster, Gary Cohn, thank you. 
thank you for standing up and, and letting the press know uh, what actually is going on and that we're not leaving our allies in the lurch. We are not telling them, uh, get stiffed, you're on your own. What we are telling them is we want them to be strong. We want them to be independent because you don't always want to be the strongest person in the room. You want to be able to rely on some of your partners to carry their weight to do their part every single day. And that's what we're doing. We're building better allies. So mainstream media, why don't you pick this up and read it? And then meet me here tomorrow. I'll tell you about the Kennedy movie. I'm going to see it tonight. I'll tell you if I learned anything. Maybe I will. Maybe I won't. Testudo, my friends, and uh, Kafefe or whatever the hell. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. This is Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. Hello, friends. The Pure Opelka. When you want to pay attention, you want to be aware, because this is one of those event screenings of a documentary. If you want to know more about the subject we're about to get into, just load up on your computer while you're, while you're listening. Load up. I killed JFK.com. I killed JFK.com. Uh, let me give you just a, a few seconds sample of the trailer for this documentary that's hitting on what would have been JFK's 100th birthday. And I thought I was, but guess whose computer froze? <laughs> oh, I love live radio every single time it, it happens. But, um, what, what I was going to do was give you a little bit of a taste from the documentary trailer of I Killed JFK. I didn't shoot anybody, sir. I haven't been told what I'm please, here for. Please, do you have a lawyer? No, sir, I don't. I'm just a patsy. I'm just a patsy from the, the old clips that show Lee Harvey Oswald. And this is from this documentary from a guy that that I have never met, but I thought I had through all my travels through comedy and entertainment. And he's somebody who is all over comedy, which is why this documentary is a mystery to me. His name is Barry Katz. He's an executive producer, a guy that you've seen his work. I guarantee you've seen his work. And he's touched the lives of virtually every major comedic voice of my lifetime and been involved with productions. But when I heard him talking about this movie that's tonight and tonight only, it's one of those event screenings, I tracked him down in Los Angeles yesterday, and he agreed to join us. Uh, Mr. Katz, welcome to the Blaze Radio Network. Wow. The last time anybody called me Mr. Katz, it was a judge. Well, you know, we'll, we will be judging you. Just, just <laughs> know that. We will definitely be judging you. You have worked with... People that I look up to in comedy, not just because they're funny, but because they're, they're edgy and clever. People like Christopher Titus, who I consider a genius that we never see enough of. Uh, the people George like Carlin of our generation. Is he not? And why don't we see more of him? 
Well, you know, I think if you, uh, not that we're going to talk about this, but if you think about comedians like George, you know, um, early on in their careers, they weren't as well-received or they weren't as well-worldly uh, known and embraced as they were in their 60s, 70s, and 80s. So I have to wait for Christopher Titus to get really old? Is that what you're saying? I think so. Okay, good. Well, I want to talk about the, the event tonight because, thankfully, uh, my studio is based in, in Delaware, and there is a screening in my neighborhood at the Great Theater with the reclining chairs. So uh, I basically blocked off a row here, and a small group of us are going to go see it. Uh, the oh, film, so the document... Lucky. Go ahead. So, oh, you're welcome. Thank the, you. The, the documentary is called uh, I Killed Kennedy... How did you go from all of the laughter that you've been involved with producing to to this? Uh, a really serious turn on was the defining moment of my childhood. Well, I think that, you know, everybody knows actors and people who do comedy and drama. And those are the ones who you look at and you're like, wow. Like when you see Alec Baldwin do Trump on SNL. And then go on YouTube and just search the I am God speech or the Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross speech, coffee is for closers. You always know somebody or something that's great when you see them do drama and comedy seamlessly. And from the beginning of time, there's the comedy and tragedy. And I've always wanted to be involved in dramatic stuff. I love drama. I probably love drama more than comedy. I'm just in the comedy business. You know, I started off as a stand-up comic. But when you're doing a documentary, and I've done many of them, and the last one I did was with Amy Schumer and Tom Hanks called Misery Loves Comedy, you know, it's a different kind of thing. You try to... Uh, you try to get Tom Hanks and Amy Schumer to do a movie. You got to spend like sixty million dollars. Could you do my documentary? Yeah, you got six dollars and a bucket of chicken and a subway token. Okay, come forward. And so, and so, what happens is things come to you. And a person came to me, uh, showed me this footage of all these unique and interesting interviews around people who were associated with the JFK assassination. And some were alive, and some had been killed, and some disappeared mysteriously. And I was fascinated by the stories. And I got the rights, and I edited together the documentary. I made a deal with Screen Vision for one night only, which is tonight. You can go to com to find the theater near you. And I also filmed a panel with five of the remaining living experts on the JFK assassination which will actually air immediately following the documentary. So it's an amazing thing. It, it, it will really change your life forever when you see these stories. Well, uh, Barry, I'm, I'm not going to I'm not going to hide anything from you. I happen to be very good friends for decades with a guy who wrote a book called Case Closed. His name is Gerald Posner. He's an investigative writer, a journalist who uh, I believe wrote the definitive book in all the books I've seen. You know, when, when Oliver Stone calls you out and doesn't like your book, to me that gives you a little bit of credibility. And I, I thought Gerald's book was pretty rock solid, but you're saying that when I see this tonight, my world's going to be changed. I'm not going to believe it was Oswald? Absolutely not. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share with your audience why. Okay, so let's just start off with this. 
Okay, if you are, let's say you or I are assigned with the task or we've decided in our minds that we are going to kill the leader of the free world, the most important people, person in the world, are we going to go and buy and get a gun that's an old rickety gun that has no scope that works properly, that you have to manually load and unload? Or are we going to use one of the latest guns possible that doesn't have anything like that and automatically gets us where we want to go with our target? That's the first thing I want to share with you. Second, okay. All right. Where, so, do you know of any? Do you know of any murder that's been solved in an hour or an hour and a half where you actually find the person where there's no physical? evidence of any guy anybody saying hey i saw that guy in the window there with the gun uh and then they find him in a movie theater an hour and a half later and bring him to the police station that's our guy that's the guy who killed the president when he there's no evidence of that thirdly if i could keep going sure go ahead uh the the people who did this and I have over 20 interviews from people. And let me, let me say this about, you know, I, don't, I have no dog in this fight. I really don't. I, you know, if you believe Oswald did it, fine. Let's just talk about these things that happen that don't make sense. The people in the mob, it's well documented. They didn't like Kennedy. His father promised Sam Giacana if he helped him win Illinois, they'd leave them alone. He hired his brother, Robert Kennedy. They went after the mob. So in this documentary, you're going to find out how there were two shooters who were under Sam Giancana, John Roselli and Chuck Nicoletti, who were scheduled to be two of the shooters that day in Dealey Plaza. And the guy who actually fired the shot that killed Kennedy was a runner for the mob. He was their driver. He was calibrating their weapons. And what happened was the morning, actually the night before, they met Jack Ruby in a diner, and Jack Ruby handed them an envelope, which had the change in the motorcade route. Why don't you do the research in presidencies and see how many times a motorcade route has been changed the day before? Okay, so they give them the documentation. The next morning, he goes to meet the two of them in Dealey Plaza to, to get their everything straight. One of the guys, Johnny Roselli, isn't there. He says to Chuck Nicoletti, where's, where's Johnny? He says the CIA called off the hit. There's an abort team. They called off the hit. He's not going to be shooting. He said, well, why are you here? He said, because screw it. I came here to do a job. I'm going to do the job. Do you want to be my backup? I'm going to be in the Dow Tech building, not the sixth floor depository, the Dow Tech building. Where would you be to back me up if I don't get the headshot? They walk around. They go behind the fence of the grass, you know. They say, this is the perfect place. I could pass myself off as a train employee. I could do it easily. And they looked and they saw the street sign from the famous Zapruder film. That's the obstruction. He said, well, you know, there's an obstruction here. You're only going to get one shot. He said to them, look, Chuck, I, I only need one shot. If you don't hit him in the head, I got the clear route, route here. It's like 50 yards away, and I'm all set. And that's how it went down. And, and talk about Jack Ruby real quickly. Here's another piece of evidence that uh, is, is, is you can find. Jack Ruby used to work for uh, Al Capone when he was a kid. 
He was tied to the Chicago mob. He goes into the police station. Now, let me ex- let me ask you guys something in your audience. All right. This guy worked at the local strip club. This guy, okay, his whole day consisted of nude women, cash, nude women, cash, rinse, lather, repeat. Now, if you have that lifestyle, are you going to walk into a police station and kill somebody knowing that you're going to go to jail for the rest of your life and leave that life? Unless somebody told you, hey, listen, um, if you do this, we'll take care of you. Don't worry. You'll be a hero. You'll tie it all together. Oswald was the guy. And I know I'm talking a lot, but I think this is important. I want to share one more thing with your audience, if you you don't mind. You're telling a great story, Barry Katz. Uh, You were telling the story that we're going to see in this movie tonight, this documentary, which has historical footage that that you're you're showing us proves that what we've heard and what we've read about the JFK assassination may be completely different from what's presented here tonight in a one night event called I killed JFK. What's the last thing you want to share? I want to share this for your audience, okay? It's sure. a different time. Back then there was no YouTube. President Trump you- all the troubles he's having. He's having the troubles because what got him into office is taking him down. Cameras everywhere showing him left and right, people replaying them. You can't cover stuff up. When he fired the CIA guy, he says one thing, then another day another. You can't, you can't cover things up. But back in 63, there was no YouTube. The Sapruder video wasn't available. It clearly shows he was shot from the back and the front. Slow it down. Listen right. Look at it right now while we're talking. And two last things, and I'll let you go. Jim Mars, who I interviewed, he said this to me. The documentary, it's great. It shows that this guy did it. I believe it. But what's more important is who had the power to cover it up for 54 years. And you address this in the documentary. And lastly, Gordon Ferry, who's the national security advisor to five presidents, including Eisenhower on down. He said, Barry, I was there. I know what went down. When Trump says he's going to drain the swamp, what do you think's at the bottom of the swamp? November 22nd, 1963 was like a party, a social event in Dallas. People flew in from all over the world to see Kennedy get assassinated. He just was one of the few people who didn't know it was going to happen. Wow. I got, I got a little bit of a chill, Barry, I have to tell you. And I am flying to Dallas next week to host this show from the headquarters of the Blaze Radio Network. And you can bet that after I see the movie tonight, I will be spending some time wandering around Dealey Plaza because I want to see what what you're putting down. I want to pick up exactly what you're putting down in this film. Uh, I can't wait to see it. I'm very intrigued. Uh, it, you know, historical documentaries using historical footage certainly speak very loudly when we don't have those folks around. So uh, I can't wait to see it. I I hope some of our audience goes to see it and we have a discussion tomorrow. Uh, I'm certainly going to stick around for the the discussion you filmed for afterwards. But I I really appreciate you jumping uh, with less than a day's notice to come in and talk about this. I'm I'm very intrigued and, and I hope one day you'll come back and we'll talk about it again. I would love that. I appreciate everything you do. I really do. And uh, enjoy the film tonight. 
and uh, look forward to hearing what you have to say. Thank you. Barry Katz, the movie is called I Killed JFK. If you want to know more, go to IKilledJFK.com. We will be right back. You're listening to Pure Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-803-6951. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. I seriously am attending the movie tonight, uh, I Killed JFK. I'm curious. I have to see this. I'm a big fan of documentaries as well. These are, these are things that, that uh, speak to me lately. It seems more than, than the stuff we're seeing everywhere else, you know, the I'm not going to see the next Harry Potter movie or whatever. It's just not going to happen. So uh, I'm sorry, people. I, I happen to dig the documentaries. And that this one has my attention. Now, some of this footage has been around for a while. Some of this is footage we've seen before. And I, I, wonder, I wonder if there's anything new in there because some of it's been debunked. On to a different topic. While we were talking to Barry Katz about his movie, uh, flashing across my screen was some breaking news. And oddly enough, there's one network that's not reporting this breaking news. There's one network that seems to have neglected to, to hear this story. It's the story of this young lady who now finds herself in need of a date or a job on New Year's Eve. Hey, everybody. It's me, Kathy Griffin. I sincerely apologize. I am just now seeing the reaction of these images. I'm a comic. I crossed the line. I moved the line, then I cross it. I went way too far. The image is too disturbing. I understand how it offends people. It wasn't funny. I get it. I've made a lot of mistakes in my career. I will continue. I asked your forgiveness, taking down the image, gonna ask the photographer to take down the image, and I begged for your forgiveness. I went too far. I made a mistake, and I was wrong. I made a mistake and I was wrong. Well, that doesn't always butter the biscuit, if you know what I'm saying. CNN Communications posted at uh, 16 minutes after the hour, CNN has terminated our agreement with Kathy Griffin to appear on our New Year's Eve program. She will not be joining Anderson Cooper on New Year's Eve. I wonder if Anderson Cooper will be there. I wonder if he's going to uh, stick with it. Just very interesting. This shows that actions have consequences. Uh, also, if you watch the, the Blaze.com's coverage on this, uh, Kathy Griffin also lost another source of revenue as uh, Squatty Potty has decided to pull the campaign that they were getting ready to launch. 
Squatty Potty, known as a toilet stool manufacturer. Interesting use, the word stool. I see what you did there, Blaze Writers. But um, despite her sincere apology, the Utah-based company that makes the Squatty Potty uh, said uh, they're not going to be running this campaign. The CEO of the company issued a statement Tuesday in which he announced, quote, we were shocked and disappointed to learn about the image Ms. Griffin shared today, deeply inappropriate and runs contrary to the core values our company stands for. In response, Squatty Potty has suspended its ad campaign featuring Ms. Griffin. We have acted swiftly and decisively to demonstrate our commitment to a culture of decency, civility, and tolerance. I think this is a big deal. I think this is a very big deal. Uh, and I'm betting that the, the CNN gig was a very, very big check. I don't know about the Squatty Potty deal. And if there's any other fallout, we'll share it with you. Come on back after the break. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. On the Blades Radio Network. Just before the break, we uh, gave you the news that CNN had, in fact, terminated Kathy Griffin from her New Year's Eve contract. Uh, so we we don't expect to see Kathy Griffin with Anderson Cooper on CNN. There may be another network that'll pick her up. Uh, but some of you have already reacted to the note uh, that I posted on the Twitter about it. Um, Eddie G saying, Kathy is cutting edge and decaptivating as well. I see what you did there, Eddie G. Uh, you know, I don't want anyone to lose their job. Uh, I, I was upset when the rodeo cowboy who rode in one of the clowns who saves the riders when they're in trouble. When that guy got fired from his job for wearing an, a Barack Obama mask, I was furious about that as well. And Kathy Griffin's job is to offend. CNN is allowed to do what they want to do. That's, that's a business decision, but I don't think it should have been a, a government monitoring decision to have Kathy Griffin lose her job. This was CNN's choice the same way it was Squatty Potty's choice. Although I, I could see Squatty Potty being a much more forgiving endorsement deal than I could see CNN. CNN is trying to get itself back on track and be considered a, a global news source again. And you don't want to be the one associated with the person holding up a uh, decapitated, bloody head, even in effigy of the of the president. Just not good. Not good at all. So CNN has fired Kathy Griffin. 
If you have a thought on it, you can you can share it. I, again, termination, not exactly what I would have done. You know, you can you can walk her past the prison. You don't have to put her on death row. Scare the heck out of her. But the whole world's talking about her. So she got what she wanted. She got all the press she wanted. Kathy Griffin has always said she was a D-list celebrity who wanted to get as high up on the list as she could. She wanted to be an A-lister. Probably a B-lister at this point, a B-minus lister. And I'm going to not lie. We watched New Year's Eve with Kathy Griffin and and Anderson Cooper, mostly because you want to see Anderson Cooper get embarrassed and react to that. And we also, in the past, have enjoyed watching Don Lemon make an idiot out of himself. And this year, this year, Don Lemon did not disappoint. But here's the answer. I guess, I guess being offensive in terms of the president is much more tolerable than getting drunk on air as Don Lemon did. Now we know, just so we know where the lines are, CNN, just so we understand. But Kathy Griffin is a free agent for New Year's Eve. Anyone uh, who might be interested, Kathy Griffin fired from her very lucrative job. I wonder how much that paid. She'd been doing, doing it since 2007. So you got a decade of doing that job. And it has been a hit pretty much since the first time they did it. You know, how, how that must take like a month to do a month out of your year. And you probably made enough money or actually got enough, enough publicity to book other gigs for the whole year. So sorry for you, Kathy Griffin, but I hope you learned your lesson. Uh, Companies have the right to fire people. I don't think anyone's going to get mad at CNN for this. Uh, It's their, their network, their job, their business. So uh, fascinating stuff. Doc Thompson just tweeted that too. He's, he's no. Now Anderson Cooper did come out and say this was uh, absolutely unacceptable. Anderson Cooper last night in the middle of his show. For the record, I am appalled by the photo shoot Kathy Griffin took part in. It is clearly disgusting and completely inappropriate. Let me read that to you again in light of Anderson Cooper and something he said. Uh, Last week, do you re- do you remember Anderson Cooper talking about um, what was he talking about? I think he was talking with uh, Jeffrey Lord at one point last week. But yeah, Anderson Cooper's statement is: For the record, I am appalled by the photo shoot Kathy Griffin took part in. It's clearly disgusting and completely inappropriate. That's from the same guy who was live on CNN and said to Jeffrey Lord that um, if Donald Trump took a dump on your desk, you'd defend him. Hmm. Interesting, right? Anybody? Anybody? Yeah, that, that actually happened. That happened last week. So this week, the decapitated head not appropriate last week, even though he did apologize. Anderson Cooper, did he even get a timeout for that? Did he get did he get anything? I don't think so. I don't think so. The the exact statement, just so you don't think I'm I'm misquoting Anderson Cooper, this was from uh like May nineteenth. 
And so I know, I mean, I know you got to bring up Obama every time or, you, you know, got to bring up somebody else I, I gotta, I gotta because you can't fairness, really defend it in all fairness. fairness. You can't defend what the president of the United States just said. I don't care. I mean, I don't I don't care what he says to the Russian prime to the, the Russians. I, I mean, okay. he's the president of the United States. If right. he wants to say that, Barack Obama wants to say whatever. Right. If George Bush says, I looked in his if eyes. If he took and a dump on his desk, you would defend it. Say it. <laughs> what? Jeffrey Lord didn't hear it. You heard him say what? Because he was being talked over. But Anderson Cooper got a pass, didn't even get a timeout. He did come out with an apology. But Kathy Griffin, I guess the point is Anderson Cooper's was probably an off-the-cuff fleeting reaction, whereas Kathy Griffin actually had to get asked about the photo shoot, sit down, plan it, execute it, and then support it before she realized the outrage would be this large. So I guess that's the difference. But just so you know, CNN has a very different spectrum, a very different tolerance level for different employees. Both, both things equally disgusting. Talking about the president relieving himself on his desk and uh, this one decapitating the president. Hmm. Fascinating, right? Yeah, I guess, I guess there are very different standards. In other words, someone's making you money. You're not going to tear them apart. Hmm. Okay, I get it. I get it. Uh, before we, about an hour ago, we were talking about something that, that I thought uh, I needed you to be aware of, and I want you to pay attention to it. I want to come back and address the situation with the Democratic talking points that are being foisted upon not only the left-leaning media, but also upon some of the uh, left-leaning pundits who are out there. I want to play for you the chess versus checkers series of statements that are popping up everywhere. Trust me, this is on the chart of talking points being handed to the media and to the pundits on, uh, on the left, the people that want to diminish Donald Trump and do everything they can to make him uh, sound foolish, stupid, whatever they will. Uh, we'll we'll put all the clips together after the break. Next on Pure Opelka. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. Ah, boy, what a crazy day. We were we're trying to keep up on all of the uh, breaking news out of out of the Middle East, out of Kabul, where the suicide bomber has killed at least 80 people and wounded hundreds. And now we're hearing a dozen Americans are in that. Uh, we're also monitoring everything that's going on in D.C., trying to see if there's any real real change happening in terms of getting a new FBI director or anything else going on in the investigation into the suspected collusion between the Trump campaign and the Russians. But, you know, everything seems to be kind of calm. Uh, I was talking about the 
the talking points that I believe are being foisted upon us by the, by the left with the collusion of the left-leaning media. And it all goes down to trying to diminish the president. As I monitor everything, CNN, MSNBC, I don't have to monitor Fox as much, but I can tell you a search of Fox over the past 24 hours, 48 hours, I can actually search the Fox News transcripts and see if they use the term checkers or chess, and it didn't show up. Chess came up in one reference, but it had nothing to do with this. It was something completely different. But if I go to CNN and MSNBC, it pops up that they're pushing this narrative that the Trump White House and the president himself are not deep thinkers. And in the case of uh, one guy speaking last night on, uh, on MSNBC, a guy named Walter Shapiro, a guy who worked in uh, Democratic White Houses and who has been around writing opinions in newspapers for a while, he actually called the president a slob or made a reference to the president that he was a slob and, and this administration is slovenly. You don't believe me, do you? No, th this actually happened on MSNBC last night. I, there are no way to possibly compare this to anything. Uh, I keep coming back to Dorothy Parker's description of Warren Harding, another scandal-prone president, who said, ultimately, he's just a slob. Ultimately, he's just a slob. In that one sentence, in those 18 or 15 seconds, Walter Shapiro has smeared Trump and his administration, saying that the president is scandal-ridden. Is he scandal-ridden? Are we at the point of a scandal? I don't think so. There are eyebrows raised and questions being asked. And is he a slob? I, you know, I, I, I don't seem to remember the president being seen in anything other than uh, his, his dark suits, business suits, with his signature red tie and the occasional round of golf where he's actually wearing like dockers and a golf shirt. I, I don't see anything where you could call this president a slob. It, it's kind of an insult. And what, what I want you to listen to is, Listen to Brian Williams' reaction. Brian Williams basically endorses this guy and the statements he's making. There are no way to possibly compare this to anything. Uh, I keep coming back to Dorothy Parker's description of Warren Harding, another scandal-prone president, who said, ultimately, he's just a slob. Yeah. And there yeah. Yeah. Brian Williams gives it a yeah, not hang on a second. That's a little harsh. You're calling the president of the United States a slob? Really kind of rude, sir, Mr. Shapiro. And Shapiro continues laying it on a little thicker. The quality of just slovenliness to this entire administration from Donald Trump on down. The quality of slovenliness in this entire administration from Donald Trump on down. I guess you would look at Jared Kushner and say he's a slob. You'd look at, at uh, General Mattis and say he's a slob. You'd look at Ivanka Trump and say she's a slob. 
It's really kind of offensive. And Williams continued. He picked up Gloria Borger's statement about chess and checkers. Remember when Borger said this? His outside friends are more and more critical, I think, of the staff inside the White House, as could be expected. And one of them said to me, you know, these guys don't play chess, they play checkers. That was yesterday morning before noon. Borger stuck around and made sure she shoved that theory out again later. I had one a friend of his say to me in, in complaining about the people at the White House and to a certain degree about Trump himself, he said, look, these people don't play chess, they play checkers which means that they're unable to see around corners. And what he needs to surround himself with are people who are not political neophytes. Don't forget, Donald Trump has never been in political office before. Lots of the people who work for him have never been in the White House. Donald Trump wants to be his own chief of staff. And then there's former Ambassador Wendy Sherman, a woman who has worked for the left, who worked a long time with Emily's List. Yes, I think, Lawrence, many people have said, and I think it's a great line, that President Trump plays checkers while all of these other leaders are playing chess. And it continues with Brian Williams, as I mentioned. Williams picked up the statement of Shapiro, Walter Shapiro, and piled on as well, reminding people of that, that statement made by Wendy Sherman a few hours earlier. Well, that was the point a senior State Department official uh, made on uh, on this network tonight, that coming off the European trip, it is clear to her that um, everyone else is playing chess. The American president is playing checkers. This is not just talking points being foisted. This is a witch hunt by the left-leaning media, an attack on the president of the United States. It is ultimately offensive to people who know the truth and people who appreciate honest reporting. There's more. We'll be right back.